Welcome to NFT Sundays, a weekly conversation around art and technology, brought to you by Dementi and the Museum of Crypto Art. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our next installment of NFT Sundays with famed Metaverse architect, Untitled XYZ. Uh, thank you, Untitled, for joining us. It's, it's a pleasure to see you, my dear friend. Thank you so much, Colborne. Thanks for having me and for the generous introduction there. Uh, it's uh, not without its, you know, uh, factual basis. So <laughs> before we, uh, you know, get into that, I would just, you know, love to hear from you an introduction about yourself, um, you know, what your discipline is, what uh you know, your role in this crazy NFT world is and, and how you came to be here? Sure. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, well, to start, uh, my name is Kirk Finkel or Untitled XYZ. Um, I'm an architect by background. Um, and in this crazy world we live in, I'm a virtual architect, artist, kind of uh, uh, designer. And it's been an interesting few years, as it is, I think, for most people who have entered this space. But um, I'm coming in from a traditional architecture background prior to NFTs, prior to crypto art. I was um, working in a traditional architecture firm doing urban design projects and architecture projects and um, really sort of stumbled into the space like most people, just through kind of hearing different things, doing some research, being curious um, and for me, it was really, really compelling from the get-go. I was just fascinated with what blockchain technology was offering and had this promise of offering, even if at the time, and this was 2016, there wasn't that much built yet for creatives, but there was this kind of discussion and promise about it being this more democratized infrastructure for people to participate and cooperate with one another in different ways. Um, and at the time I was doing like, I was doing public space projects. I was doing uh, plaza designs um, nationally and internationally, just in different, different parts of the world. And it always came down to kind of a, a public discussion about what a public space should be in a community or in a neighborhood. And a lot of those conversations um, really resonated into the blockchain world for me. It felt like people were collaborating on open source infrastructure. It was very like appealing in that respect. And um, in, in my professional practice, it was architecture is a very siloed profession for the most part, despite it being this kind of, you know, you're creating things for the public. A lot of the process is very much behind closed doors and with a very select number of, of stakeholders. And I think not all architectures practice that way, but by and large, it's it's not as connected. So for me, just to kind of sum it up, I think blockchain looked like a different path. It looked like something that could be a little bit more interactive and, and something that could break down those silos. And I've been hearing that, of course, like a lot, right? And it's no secret that for architects, in major cities, right? You find yourself working exhausting, like surgeon level hours, uh, and it's never your design and vision, right? So right. 
let's let's just start there you know how has like nft as a medium how has metaverse as a medium um really empowered you to create and live the practice that you desire well it's it certainly it, i never ever thought that it would i mean it's incredible what's developed over the last few years i think it's really a result of so many pre-existing creative systems just didn't work for people. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't empowering. It wasn't agile enough. It wasn't connected enough. And I think, you know, you talk about architecture, it's probably one of the most conservative professions out there. It hasn't changed in thousands of years. It's, right. you know, the biggest change that it had recently was going from a drafting desk to uh, to AutoCAD to digital, but that's but it's the same thing. It's still you're drawing a line. It's just a digital line versus a physical one. So I think the profession itself is really rooted in in traditional values, and I think um, for me, a, the NFT world offered so much creative freedom, which was the kind of hook where you could sort of you can do your own thing and create really sort of um, freely. But I think what excited me most and still does about the metaverse is connectivity. You can create a space alongside other people that are of different backgrounds and professions than you or skill sets. But then you can also experience these spaces really quickly in lots of different iterations with people all over the world. And that's not something you really get in the same way with a physical architecture project. Um, even though it is a public project in most cases, it's not going to be this space that can be accessed by people all over the world. You're mm -hmm. very limited to where you are. Um, so if you're designing a building in New York, you're, uh, or well, New York's a kind of maybe more of an international example, but you're still very much limited to who can access that space and who it is ultimately for. And I think what metaverse builders and architecture um, does is it, it just creates an incredible amount of connectivity between people. And that's just really exciting for me as a designer. Oh man, uh, a million, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, a million questions for you because of course, and we see this thematically again and again, it's about people coming together from all over the world into like a borderless digital land, right? right. And when I think about, it is never just like the NFT as the JPEG image on the screen. Like it needs right. the architectural and it needs the design concept. Exactly. It is this like incredible fusion of what can be in these spaces and like I today am dreaming of that time in five to ten years when you and I are going to be like walking through your building there's going to be like the art on the walls and we're having the same conversation there was such a big leap in the idea of like sending an nft to cold storage or bringing it into blockchain based metaverse um yeah. So maybe you want to kind of like talk about the importance of like NFT and art and like the harmonious union that you see between the work that you do and the way that artists are creating in this space. Yeah, I think um, it, it's, it's a really 
I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's a kind of harmonious connection between different disciplines. And I think NFTs as a medium is just hyper-connected in a way that we've never really been able to experience before, I don't think. And I think, you know, for me, I love creating art as well as architecture, and I think they feed one another in different ways. And I see a lot of people doing that and experimenting. There's this kind of like rapid-fire experimentation that can happen with mm -hmm. NFTs and digital art and digital architecture um, that is just it's hyper exposed. I think with an NFT, you're creating something that's so public and so accessible, um, whether it's kind of put up in a, in a 3d space for people to explore or just shared on Twitter for people to have a conversation about. Mm. Um, but what I like about this medium is that it's creating a hive mind around, around these kind of around art, around creativity and exposes it to so many people of different backgrounds and and skill sets that I think we don't we really don't know how this conversation is going to unfold yet it's just it's still so early we're in the kind of big bang phase and um but uh, yeah I think it's just incredibly exciting and, and nfts are just the spark that started this but we don't I think it's going to evolve in crazy ways over the next few years we just it's hard to know I am obsessed with this idea of like this hive mind concept and this rapid learning and like rapid iterating that we're all doing because suddenly the practice is not like reserved for an individual, but it is more communal. Um, yeah. You know, and what when I was, you know, building exhibitions and, and designs, what I just loved and got so motivated by was that like I could buy an artwork I could have like an idea of a theme for like the collection that I wanted to see I could have an idea for how I wanted to show and display it and then by that night like I could have a mock-up of that building in space and step into it in in 3d um so I mean just maybe real quick touch on like how revolutionary this process is to be able to like create iterate step inside step back out uh because obviously in physical architecture you get just one chance you get one shot and it, it's it, physical architecture it's generational it's yeah. not iterative iterative on a daily or weekly basis like that i mean you might go through iterations in the process of creating a building but what's built is you know it's a 10-year process and and it might it's designed ideally designed to last a hundred years. Um, I think the whole, the way in which we're just programmed now to absorb, retain, reject, accept information, it's so rapid fire and it's such a different pace than has ever been before hmm. that I think we're starting to see how that manifests physically in the environments that people want to kind of connect through. I think the metaverse is one of those artifacts of that kind of like rapid fire sort of desire for yeah. spaces that are like really, really agile and can move quickly with the conversation. So yeah, what you're saying, I think that's like such a powerful, I, I think that's such a powerful thing about this space. And I think it's underestimated in a lot of ways by more traditional kind of institutions that want to take or are used not want to maybe are used to taking years to put together a show 
mm. or decades to put together a building um, or a century to put together a city. I think that's like, you know, the scales of this um, really resonate out. And I think we're still seeing, we're still seeing this unfold. And it's just, it's really exciting uh, to see. And I, and I know you love duality and this is something that super excites me as well is that like when you step into a VR world or VR environment like Somnium space um, or even crypto voxels or Decentraland like I love the like architectural detritus and like the weird failed experiments that still exist from the beginning of time like even stuff that I have on my land and and you know, new buildings pop up and things are constantly like evolving and changing. And to just like step into these worlds and explore is a kind of artistic journey in itself. And there's just like, it's, it's like a world constantly filled with all these strange and random Easter eggs. And, and there, yeah, and I, I think that's something about when you walk into one of these environments like Somnium or Crypto Voxels or Decentra, anywhere, you just, I love that you see this weird early stuff, yeah. uh, which is like, I was looking, um, I was looking the other day at some early screenshots I had from Crypto Voxels in like 2018. And the stuff that people just would drop in there, they were just, people were just figuring out what this was. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was very raw. It was very reactive. And I think now I honestly, I'm a little bit worried that some of this stuff is getting like gentrified and taken away because, yeah. you know, bigger companies are coming in buying land and putting down kind of, you know, copy pastes of the real world and, and taking over those kinds of things that were just sort of reactive to what was there at the time. Um, I, so maybe there, maybe we need to create a DAO to like conserve the metaverse or something. <laughs> I forgot who it was, uh, but this was, you know, pretty early on. I remember like this great uh, crypto voxels like land war that these two people were having where like one put up a brick wall and one like wrote in graffiti, like don't cover my view. And they went like back and forth. And um, it's just like, yeah, all all these these stories of, you know, how like the design has informed and um, yeah, you know, fly around crypto voxels and you'll see right away how the, the architecture just like kind of captures the history. It's doing it so rapid fire, almost like a, you know, like an archive of the, you know, the web pages from the 1990s. I agree that there needs to be kind of like a conservation effort to, you know, capture some of these early buildings and these early efforts. Yeah, we need like a time machine where you can kind of, you know, in the same way you could look at Google Earth or something uh, over time, it would be amazing to walk through crypto a parcel, voxels. A parcel built, right? Like how that parcel grew and evolved. Super cool. I kind of wanted to certainly touch on a lot of the surreal elements that you bring both into your artwork and into your metaverse designs. I love like the Escher stairs or like the stairs to nowhere, the columns. Do you want to speak on kind of like what those symbols and structures represent to you? Because for me, it's like a taking of the classical and reinterpreting them through like a surrealistic lens. Uh, but it's so empowering because you, you can do that. Absolutely. I, I, 
I think that the metaverse has this kind of duality to it of people taking familiar language from the real world and inserting it in. And sometimes I think that's done too much or too comprehensively. But then, you know, with my work, I try to pull different motifs or different kind of visual cues of the real world, like a staircase or an archway and collage these in different ways that kind of looks to explore what the space can ultimately be or what it can do. And I think um, these visual cues can be really powerful. I really love staircases and archways because it immediately gives you a sense of scale. It gives you a sense mm -hmm. of orientation and direction. And there's not a lot of kind of like patterns that can do that so quickly. If you're putting on a headset in a virtual world, it like immediately gives you cues of how to, of what to expect in this space. You know, further, I think to like your creativity is you never um, kind of took architecture to be just one form, right? For right. you, it was not just about building in the metaverse. You were exceptional at it, of course, but like you have also made architecture like NFTs, MP4s, JPEGs, even that async piece is incredibly revolutionary. I think um, what we talk about this a lot where it's like this um, using the process of creating as part of the product, like really drawing out the kind of conversation that happens, manifest, manifesting that as kind of like a physical artifact. I think, I don't know if I'm creating buildings. I think I'm creating kind of public spaces in some ways or, or, or environments that maybe have the familiarity of some types of buildings, but then, do and accomplish other things because i think if it's virtual i don't know if you can even call them buildings because they don't provide shelter they provide kind of an environment for you or, mm. or an experience um but anyway that's that maybe is another thread but i think um with the form farm project on async art i was really interested in visualizing or creating like a, a DAO as an art form so how can you visualize a kind of communication between different collectors who all, if they can own a piece simultaneously, what will they decide? I think what, what's beautiful about Async Art is they're creating a new type of art form that, you know, most people are just sort of kind of copying and pasting their Instagram feeds into NFTs, and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But I think what um, what I love about what Async Art is doing is they've said we can create a different, more complex kind of medium out of this mm -hmm. using NFTs and using this tech. Um, and so Form Farm, that piece that I did on Async was thinking about how do we, if everyone can have a say in what this composition is, how can we gamify that? How can we explore that? And how can we look at DAO as maybe art in a way? So that's that's been a fun exercise to see how that has taken shape. That has, it's been a weird ride, but it's been a lot of fun to see how it, how it works. That piece is brilliant, and I think the market certainly recognized its brilliance. Um, I want to pull on that thread that, that you touched on because I think that was super, super interesting uh, because you, you said something that, that caught me, and you said these are not buildings, and I've actually never even thought about that right because of course i would presume that they were buildings but i 
think and I'd love for you to kind of touch on what you think the future role of an architect is, but um, almost like a perhaps for me, like a game designer building frameworks for the experiences in virtual reality. If there is a world, well, there has to be some framework for existence within that world. So this is, you know, it's, this is an entirely new discipline, the idea of a metaverse architect in how do you manipulate and design and deploy digital space for like a, a virtual reality sensory experience. The abstraction is much deeper and I think the potential for the d discipline is much more complex than many people are realizing at this stage. So maybe you have thoughts on kind of like the future of this word architect or metaverse architect? Well, I, I, I'm just, this topic just is so exciting to me because I think I, I genuinely don't know. I can, <laughs> we can all speculate. I think that's what's so exciting about it because the rules are being shaped in real time as people are creating towards those rules. And it's fast, it's changing all the time. And the, the rendering engi engines are changing. The polygon count is changing. Right. The kind of resolution yeah. of a VR headset is changing. And I think ultimately my hope is that in the same way that when I first stumbled into this world, I hope that the barriers between what an architect can be are, are broken down so that it isn't this kind of elitist profession. It isn't this isolating profession that can only be experienced or, or given to a select few that can afford it. Basically. I think that architecture should be practiced by, by gamers, by artists, by sculptors, by software engineers, by hackers. Like it should be, we're creating these kind of environments that uh, to the point about building or not building, I don't think that they're buildings because they're, you know, architecture traditionally is, is about this creation of a, a shelter and it has to protect you from the elements, from weather, from materiality, from time. And if you're creating these kind of timeless environments that have, they certainly have different kind of restraints to them or constraints. I mean, like polygon count resolution or even the radius when you put on your headset and you can only walk around a certain distance that gets into different rules. And so I think what we are, where we are right now is still so, so early because again, you're putting on this headset and you see something familiar we're used to seeing or we're trying now to create a recreation of what already exists, but just slightly less resolution in some respects. And I think like we're beginning what the metaverse I think is ultimately doing is pushing past that to create a different kind of visual environment that won't look like what we know uh, will be this kind of non-Euclidean world that might have like an endless hallway or an endless way of kind of, navigating a space it is about asking what makes this different than where you are now when you put on this headset or you walk into this metaverse plot or this space my hope is that with each of these these environments that uh, that i'm creating and that we are creating i think it's a question of what is this is this what makes this different from where you are and 
I think if we can answer that question collectively as a kind of hive mind to an earlier point, then I think we can make progress to kind of make a better environment or challenge what we have already in the real world and make that better. Um, I think if we continue to copy and paste what we have in reality, virtually, we're going to have the same problems that we have in both environments. Um, and so if this is a way to kind of challenge those big questions, if the technology that's backing it, this blockchain and cryptocurrency kind of technology, it's, it's all a question. It's like, what can this do differently than what we have? And how can it maybe empower us to, to think and act differently and maybe more collectively? Um, I am certainly convinced that we are at like the moment of uh, like make or break like great awakening are people ready like to step up evolve and change right obviously this is core and fundamental to the museum uh and now is probably because we've kind of only touched on it the time to reveal that kirk is in fact the architect of the museum of crypto art um so these are you know questions that we continue to go back and forth with Right. I think a lot of this art and I think, you know, like the the genius of whether it was CryptoPunks or Beeple or these things that have sold for these high price tags was to get people to question, like, what is this? Is this art? This looks like nothing that I know or would ever consider valuable. So why are people valuing it in that way? It was kind of like the, yeah. the glory of the Rare Pepe project as well. Um, all to kind of say that things are not exactly what they seem. Um, right. The deeper you dig, perhaps the more answers you find. But generally, the more questions you have. Um, right. So I... I'm very conscious of this as well. I don't know if most people are ready for all of the questions they will encounter at the end of the rabbit hole, um, mm -hmm. which leads us to something we were talking about earlier that, you know, what is, you know, is this utopia or is this like a, a dystopia? Because I can see it very much cutting both ways and I can see you know, entrenched powers that be, um, we see it already in the arts, like trying to continue to subvert the message to reassert and regain control. Um, so, and of course, you know, big question with Meta entering the space, like what type of sterile environments will they create for, for masses? Yesterday I was in the JP Morgan uh, Bank? project that's essentially... <laughs> That was one of the weirdest places, weirdest experiences I've ever had in the metaverse to date. Like there was a tiger walking around in a circle, a portrait of Jamie Dimon, and then like an infographic about how much blockchain innovation they've done over the years. And it's just like, great. It's super. It, it's incredible. Yeah. And I, I still can't tell if it's just like, it's just such a surreal, bizarro land kind of approach. But to that point, I think we're going to see two very different approaches to the quote unquote metaverse. I think there's going to be, I hope there's not a single metaverse, first of all, that kind of encompasses. I 
generally think it's sort of an umbrella term and lots of different apps are within that. Like some can be virtual worlds, some can be other kind of interpretations of that. I think it's far too early for us to know exactly what, to be defining the terms in that way. But I think generally we're going to see a split that there's the corporate sort of approach to a metaverse, which looks at users as commodities that they can kind of extract value from that can be more of the meta, more of the Walmart sort of metaverse approach. And then there's going to be this, you know, maybe more of a, um, a grassroots sort of approach from blockchain native companies uh, like the metaverses that we've been or the virtual worlds that we've been building and more of the crypto voxels, the Somnium spaces, these places that are of and for the values that are more open source, more collaborative, more integrated with the community that fuels it. And I think we're just going to see this, this rift where you're going to have a corporate kind of approach to what this can be and do. And then you're going to have more of a community oriented structure that, uh, you know, the, and they're all going to kind of rub against one another for a while. And that might be the utopia dystopia friction. I was um, going to say like riffs, riffs like this are inherently pretty dangerous, but I agree. Yeah. Like crypto exists in parallel to like traditional banking. Crypto art exists like in parallel. I, I think yeah. if we are not thinking about and designing systems in parallel, then when there is crisis, crisis in, in one people need that optionality to be able to jump. Um, right. You know, I, I came into this, of course, with the idea of like free and open metaverse and, you know, an exploration of like identity within that space. Um, mm. So let's let's go back to like the idea of, you know, your goal for public space um, and like what does a what is the purpose of a public space in the metaverse i don't know if you want to talk about like agora specifically as a good example sure i think um in terms of public space in agora where the museum of crypto art is hosting its genesis collection currently i think you know that space was very much about that build was about a couple different things it was using a kind of old language of the crypto art scene, which is this QR code, and then extrapolating that into kind of a 3D environment that was very, you know, very much attempting to morph a QR code into a building. Um, to me, the QR code is this, is this incredibly prolific pattern that has helped cryptocurrency and the blockchain kind of environment be, be shared and absorbed. Um, and I think... You know, that was just a fun exercise in some ways to see what a building could look like if it if it plays off of those themes. Um, but with with the space and uh, with what you guys wanted to achieve, what we wanted to build was this kind of public environment where you can host lots of different discussions, have people meet to talk about digital art, have uh, different events and kind of tours. And what I've loved about this space is that you know, we've hosted so many different events there with people from all over the world coming to either speak about their art that they see on the wall 
yeah. or about uh, a, an idea that they have. And everyone is from all over the place. And I think that's something, and they have, they're all from different backgrounds. So, you know, pulling on an earlier part of this conversation too, that there's this hive mind that I don't, public spaces say in like where I'm from in Brooklyn or somewhere else, you can only have some kind of local conversation there. But if these metaverse worlds are providing a public space for the entire world to gather and have a conversation, I don't think we have an idea yet of how impactful that kind of hive mind will be and what, what will resonate out of that. You're getting knowledge from all over the world, all these different disciplines. I think that's what's exciting about Agora, which is Greek for uh, public marketplace. Um, and it was, it was meant to kind of foster those sort of interdisciplinary conversations, get people to talk about what's, what's going on. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. say like it is crazy because that is literally happening you know like when I tell people yeah. what I do and I bring up that Somnium Space Link on my phone and go inside like there are people inside the museum like walking around and they're like what are those I'm like those are people like it's, it's <laughs> those, are people. <laughs> those are people like yeah, yeah. those are people walking around like you want to talk to them like type something it's and and then you can right. go back and you can see the conversation and like I'll never forget you know and I was talking with Artur about this earlier like being in the museum one day and then like a snowman approached me and it was like you know Steve from Ukraine I'm like great like me and this snowman are gonna go like check out this museum um That's so great. there is there is a whimsy of course and a magic and like uh, an inexplicable like connection that the space is facilitating because mm -hmm. also it's open 24 7 365 it's completely persistent right like the chat stays there's people in there there have been tens of thousands of visits to the museum um and the crazy thing is it it really costs us nothing to keep it up and operating yeah, it's it and it's free. It's just like having a kind of cultural place, a, a, a point like that that people can access. It's never been that way. It's always been a, a gate in between that experience for people, and you know that's true with a, any traditional museum that's out there currently. There's a tremendous cost associated with experiencing culture. In, in society today. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's, or I, what's maybe being kept behind those doors maybe isn't that relevant in some cases. Mm. Um, so it really depends. Like if it is sort of this thing that you have to pay to experience, is it, it's, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, I think what crypto art is doing and how it's empowering and infusing people with just incredible experiences around digital art it's just, it's really transformative. And I think it's, um, yeah, I, I love that the museum is this kind of meeting place where you can have all these kind of different sorts of interactions with people. And then, you know, not only did you do this and like birth and give this space, but like this room and floor project, which took me a long time to understand, I, I, see the brilliance of it of course like you are actually now giving this concept to people effectively in a box to run their own public space um right. so please like uh you know explain that and let people kind of know what that's about well i you know this this 
this is one of those things I was saying before, it's not possible without all of these different skill sets coming together. Like Renee is just a wizard, an incredibly talented human being and his team building this infrastructure for rooms and floor. And uh, I'm so excited about rooms because we, this is, it solves a lot of problems, I think, in the quote unquote metaverse right now. What rooms are, are these 3D artifacts, these 3D environments that are heavily programmable, very adaptable, and very agile, and um, very connected. And I think what we have now is a little bit of a bottleneck with virtual land being growingly inaccessible for people who yeah. do want to experiment. And it's no longer what it was a couple of years ago where you could pay $100 and have a plot and do whatever you want on it. Now it's $20,000. And it's or, or ten At grand least, or more, and it's yeah. it, it's it's not um, that restricts. I think a lot of engagement and and growth, and it certainly caters to a totally different audience. So, on, on top of that, too, a lot of virtual worlds, the artifacts that you're putting on top of them, they're not in and of themselves NFTs in most cases. They're 3D models, and they're not really tied to any sort of on-chain activity or anything that you can really keep track of. Um, I think that's changing. That's been challenged a lot in the last few months and it's really exciting to see. And I think with, with Room, that's something that we're really, really sort of embracing that the architecture can be an NFT. It can exist across all of these different virtual worlds and you can customize it in incredible ways to showcase a digital art collection that you own or that a combination of people own who want to come together to have a show or have an event or have a meeting. And I think that is just, I'm so excited for what rooms are going to do because I think it's, it's agnostic towards the kind of virtual land thing discussion where it can, it can exist in virtual land, but it doesn't have to. And I hope that opens the doors for a lot of people who want to create these spaces to connect but might not be able to afford land. Um, And yeah, and so there's so much to be said about rooms, but I think it's that kind of like connectivity that I'm excited about. And also the fact that it's an NFT and architecture hasn't been able to be be an NFT uh, much yet. So that's, that's gonna be a big thing to open up. I think you, I think you touched on a very important point in that, and this is what I've come to a realization on recently is that I think digital land should and will be as ubiquitous as a web page, right? We talk about all of this as the spatial web. I think, you know, blockchain based land, the idea of scarce digital land um, is a bit of, it, it has become certainly more ego and trophy, right? And like attaching one's name to that world. Um, And I think that's all good and fine. But at the end of the day, you are effectively attaching that value to either a foundation or series of developers that are going to continue to innovate and and effectively cater to people who can't afford it and are not necessarily the most creative, Um, which, you know, I see you know, I see some value, I think, in like centralized worlds, but 
really, it should be everybody having their own space, as all artists should have their own contract, as everybody should be kind of like their own marketplace. There is a way right. to to empower the individual outside of like the aggregation under a centralized brand. Yeah, and, you know, we, we've. Uh, I think this is where these virtual worlds are being designed almost exactly like we do in the real world. And I think right. that's part of the problem. Right. You're, you're creating an environment that has, first of all, flat 2D land, which makes almost no sense to me. If, we're, if we have endless digital creativity that we can do, why not have, you know, house moving castle or some sort of like yeah. uh, Miyazaki yeah. kind of like environment with that. But I, I think like, it, you have those problems. These are artifacts of the of the real world that are transferring over. It's a natural first thing to do or to to create, but we have the benefit of this infrastructure that can be treated differently. We can treat these things differently. I think it would be great if you give every single per- person with an Ethereum address a plot of land, but if they trade this land, maybe it mo- if it's you know people are flipping it it moves to the periphery of this world and those who build are more closer to the spawn point of the center. Like we should do an experiment differently with how scarcity works and how, how kind of access works. I think these worlds are going to look a lot different too in a few years. I hope. What a cool concept. Uh, I think everything is a, is a reimagination of value. And I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of like the ills of this modern world and this physical world are tied to like perceived rights to land and ownership of land and resources and like the, the, the fighting and competition over that perception of title and ownership to that land, right? We are entering, um, digitally abundant space. It is effectively limitless. It is like, in my mind, analogous to a web page that ties to a spatial web in which anybody should be free to design and create whatever from like an ice palace to a bat cave to like, you know, a princess castle in the sky. Like whatever speaks in the same way that you dress yourself, you should have free right and reign to design whatever monolith that like speaks to your digital soul and identity and you know of course like artwork is is all part of that um but it's it's cool and like every time we speak i just get so enamored with the the limitless of it all you make me think incredibly differently so just like very very grateful uh to take the time with you Oh, likewise. I mean, whenever we internally with Mocha have these conversations, that's that's what gives me fuel as a creative to to challenge and ask new questions. And I think that's just the beauty of the space is the conversations that happen that then provoke a kind of creative project afterwards. Um, so, yeah, I love Super. having those conversations. All right. I'm going to send us home. I'm Colborn Bell. I'm here uh, on behalf of the Museum of Crypto Art. This is Untitled XYZ, Kirk Finkel. I want to thank Dementi for hosting us and having this conversation as well. And we will see you all for the next episode. Breaking news.